Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Kerry Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. We have an amazing interview tonight with the hard rock band Sarosia, who's going to be coming on momentarily. We have the vocalist Lucas Degada calling in tonight, and I hope I pronounced that correctly, and he can correct me if I did not. So it's going to be a really great interview. I will give some information and introduce the band before I bring them on. But I always like to do a brief intro at my show. Just again, thank everyone for the support for the show. It's been going for about two years now. And uh, Sarosia tonight is going to be another amazing band that I am fortunate and honored to have on my show. Uh, other bands I've interviewed include Eve to Adam. They were just on last week. The heavy metal band Soil, I Empire, Otherwise, Candlelight Red, Art of Dying, and many others. So please continue supporting these bands. Check out the podcast on my show and uh, download whatever one you like. It's for free. You can stream it or download it. In brief, I started my show because I really wanted to create a forum where I could bring people on in the entertainment industry to really pro- promote and support them. Um, I'm an independent artist. I know how difficult and challenging this industry can be, and I really wanted to create something for people to come on and help spread the name about who they are. I have a background in uh, clinical psychology. That's what my doctorate degree is in. So I really wanted to combine my two passions, which are interviewing people and the entertainment industry. I also have an um, album out as a solo artist, and I do some writing for some entertainment magazines. So again, I thought, what a better thing to do than bring everything together and support people out there. So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession. A couple of things I kindly request is... Um, I do want my guests to feel down to earth to discuss whatever they want on my show. But if you're going to potentially talk about some type of a, a humiliating or embarrassing story, just leave identifying information out. But I'm a huge fan of comedy. I've had some uh, major comedians. Tom Cotter has been on the show. So please, again, feel free to share whatever you'd like. We want to make the show interesting and entertaining. And lastly, just because I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is not meant to be for any type of formal therapy. It's purely for entertainment purposes. So my guests do like to joke around because we all know how crazy the entertainment industry can be sometimes. So we can talk about things in an educational manner, but uh, there won't be any type of formal therapy going on here. All right, so if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can call in at 805-243-1320. I have a bunch of information up in the chat room, but because I am a one-person show, it might be difficult for me to go back enforced between the various windows, so I really want to hone in and focus on the band. All right, so let's tell you a little bit about Sarosia. I don't want to reveal too much because we have a great interview with these guys tonight. To me personally, and I've read a lot about these guys, done my research on them, I mean definitely a band that has really deep emotional lyrics. You can hear that throughout all their music, very heavy and melodic, and uh, just they really fit in with what's going on today. But they also bring their own original unique sound to the table. I don't hear these guys, you know, sounding like a cookie-cutter band out there. They might incorporate elements, you know, of their influences, but they definitely are a band that's making big headwaves right now. They're on tour with Seven Dust in 10 years, and tonight we're going to talk about their musical journey and and how they came to be who they are today. Learn about the uh, back in the days of MySpace. I read about how that really had a a huge impact for these guys in helping them out, especially with uh, 
getting Christian Machado of the lead singer from El Nino to uh, catch their attention with their music. And we'll preview some of their music tonight off of their new album, Variables, which is out right now. So definitely check it out. Superposition is the hit single that's being played off of it and featured. And uh, definitely check out the video for that, which is available on YouTube and just you can Google Sorosia. So for more information, go to sorosiaband.com, and that is spelled S-E-R-O-S-I-A, band.com. And lastly, I want to thank Chip Ruggieri from Chipster PR and Consulting Incorporated for coordinating the interview with me. I've been working with him with uh, various bands, and it's just a, it's a pleasure to work with him and bring some of his uh, bands on my show to support them. All right, so with that being said, let's bring Lucas on. Hey, hey, Lucas, how are you? you? I'm great. That was a good intro. Cool. Thank you. That's, that's one compliment I usually, that's consistent, is the intro. <laughs> yeah, no, so, I mean, you, you got to talk us up there. Thank you. Cool, cool. So where, where are you guys calling in from tonight? Because I know you're out on the road right now, right? Uh, yes, we're in Fort Collins, Colorado. And actually, oh, you got the whole band speaker talking to you, so you got a little special. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay, great. That sounds awesome. There might be, I don't know if there's going to be feedback or not. That's the only thing sometimes with the speaker stuff. So we'll try it out, and if everything works out, that'll be great. If not, then we'll we'll take it from there. Sure. Sound good? Okay, cool. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, because I, I initially thought I was just interviewing you, but that's not a problem. We can uh, we can be flexible and uh, change courses needed. Tell me a little bit about just yourself growing up and if, if the other guys want to chime in, just how you got interested in music, because I always like to try to kind of set some background stage before we get into where you're at today. All right, yeah. I mean, me personally, uh, the drummer of our band is my brother, and we grew mm-hmm. up in a musical family. Um, what was kind of ironic, I started as a guitar player, and uh, my parents actually ended up buying me a little mini drum set and my brother a guitar when we were like single digits of age, and then we ended up switching as we, you know, grew up and started playing our own instruments. So, you know, it kind of it progressed once we started getting into like Metallica and Pantera at a really young age. And uh, there were a couple, there was one in particular, one person that I uh, grew up around that played acoustic guitar at a campground that I would watch him play, and I just wanted to be him. I just couldn't get around the fact that he was able to play those riffs. So I wanted a guitar, <laughs> my parents got me a guitar, and we just started, I started going from there and got Anthony on the drums, and we started writing together and pretty much have written together ever since and been in bands our whole lives together. So that was that was my intro into the the whole playing music thing. Okay, cool. Does anyone else want to chime in? And please just mention your name until we can kind of get used to each of your voices. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just Joseph. I'm the bass player. Uh, I, it's it's kind of interesting because uh, back in the day, you know, I was playing around in uh, about high school, and I had sort of my band from my town, and just from one town over, there was another band, and it was Lucas and his brother. And so we kind of had the two rivalry bands from, like, you know, next neighboring towns. So okay. we kind of knew each other from there. And, you know, uh, I went my way and did some other stuff with another band. And then, he, you know, had gone his way. And eventually it was just we knew we always wanted to hook up and play together. And finally it just worked out to where I was free, they were free. So I had to get in the band with them. So this is that. Cool. So 
And we'll, we'll definitely get into, because I've read a lot about you guys, you've only been together for a short period of time compared to some of the other, you know, bands, national acts I've had on, which is really impressive. So we'll definitely get into that. So when did you guys, I guess, start to get together? Was it 2007? Yes. Yeah, it actually okay. started with uh, Derek, our guitar player. Uh, he had, I guess, put out a MySpace ad looking for someone who was kind of similar to his interests, and uh, he got he got a response from this guy, Scott Horner, who at the time, uh, you know, lived several towns away, a couple hours actually, and Derek ended up driving out there, uh, meeting up with him. The chemistry was really good, and they ended up writing a couple songs on their first meeting, which ended up being on our first EP. So from there, uh, they kind of just compiled a band. They started looking for a singer and found me, and after, you know, a little bit of courting, they got me and you know, I'd let them know that the only way I was going to play with them is if Anthony came along, too. And, you know, they gave us a short tryout. Everything worked out. And then uh, we picked up a bass player. And then uh, a couple years later, Joseph joined the fray and rounded off our four-piece very nicely. Nice. Very cool. So, I mean, that is impressive that 2007, again, like I'm, I'm just reflecting back on you know, some of the bands like Eve to Adam and some of these bands that have been around for a really long time and people might not know it, and then they finally, you know, hit it 10 to 12 years after they've been, you know, doing the grunt work and, and trudging this difficult industry. So, I mean, how did it happen so quickly? And, and please bring in the MySpace stuff because that was really interesting what I read about just kind of MySpace was a huge part of kind of giving you guys that push and getting you the attention. Yeah, uh, well, basically, as soon as we started as a band, um, we started up a MySpace page, and, you know, we recorded an EP before we ever played any shows or anything like that, um, got the EP online, and started promoting that as soon as we re we technically released the CD, which was, I think, September of 2007, and it only took a few months to garner a lot of attention on there, and we got up to, like, something like 1.5 million profile views, and we were getting, like, 10,000 plays a day. And that was just wow. strictly through, yeah, that was through just, you know, grassroots promotion and just staying online and contacting, finding bands like Seven Dust and like Deftones and, and Incubus and things and going to their pages, finding their fans, talking to them, getting them interested in what we're doing. And then they in turn, you know, spread it around. And at that time, the social networking thing was a lot more new. So it was mm -hmm. easier to, it was easier to navigate, you know, getting people to check your stuff out now as today you know, it's a lot harder because you got so many bands out there that are just like flooding your inbox with check my band out kind of stuff. But sure. um, through, yeah, through that promotion, we were able to get the attention of Christian Machado and uh, Laz Pena uh, from El Nino. And they actually have a production company called Sound Wars and they have a recording studio in Hoboken, New Jersey. And even back then in 2007, they had made an offer to record our second record but at the time, we had already uh, made a business deal with another studio, which ironically ended up being, like, one city away. It was, like, I don't know, 10 minutes down the street from where they were. So that was always kind of weird to us. But uh, <laughs> we ended up recording that second Yeah, we recorded that second record. And then uh, once Joseph joined the band, we recorded uh, a 30 p locally just so we could get something out with Joseph on it. And uh, during that time, we had been talking with Christian uh, pretty often about, you know, wanting to come out there. And then we gathered the funds together and got the time set aside that we all got together, drove out there uh, to Hoboken and, you know, recorded the record. And, you know, wow. it's been history. Then. 
let's let's digress a little because I think that's really interesting. When you, I didn't even know his studio because that's where I'm from is New Jersey, so I wasn't even aware that he had something you know in New Jersey. But was the studio you first were talking about? Was that the Big Blue Meanie one? Uh, yeah, the actually okay. the first record that we did we did in Dallas uh, at like a right. one of the local guys, and then the second record, Perspective and Balance, was done at Big Blue Meanie, and that was mm-hmm. a great experience. I mean, definitely one of the most humbling experiences being in a really nice studio. They actually let us live in the basement during that time, which was kind of cool. And a shout out to Tim Gillis for that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, when we went to Christian, and... go ahead. So, uh, just real quick, I thought it was really interesting. I read. Tell us about the Big Blue Meanie experience, because wasn't it the case that you were driving through some like major snowstorm? to go record that album and tell us a little bit about kind of take us through that moment and what was that like? That just sounded crazy when I read that. Yeah, it was, it was a rainstorm and it was one of those things that as we were coming into, I think the tail end of Tennessee, you know, Tennessee being like this endless state when you're driving through it, uh, we finally got to the tail end of it and, you know, we saw some storm clouds and it didn't seem like any big deal. And it got to a point where it was just completely overwhelming. We were going like, 10 miles an hour on the highway and we had an extremely tight schedule to like we had like 25 hours allotted to get there and get started and and we luckily got there about 10 minutes early but yeah it was it was definitely terrifying being in a in a van with all that equipment with you know oh my gosh road situation right yeah that sounds crazy but i just i'm sorry i thought it was a snowstorm because i'm thinking of new jersey and we do get some you know, pretty bad snowstorms occasionally. So the when I read it, that's what I had interpreted it. But the rain stuff is just as bad because I've been through that too. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it was no fun. <laughs> okay, so then, like you said, that was when you were doing perspective imbalances and then got the funds together and went out to record with uh, Christian. Right, yeah. And that experience kind of was a life-changing thing for everybody in the band. Um, we did about six or eight months of pre-production with Christian uh, digitally where we did, we have a home studio in Dallas. Actually it's in our record or it's in our uh, jam room. And we did, you know, our little demos and we had all the songs picked out that we wanted and we were shooting them back and forth with Christian through email. And he would reply to us and say, I like this, you know, let's try this here. And he would send us back the idea with like a piano over it for melody ideas and structure ideas and things like that. So it was really cool in that aspect that when we got there to Jersey, they already knew the songs, like the whole production staff knew the songs, they knew where we were going to go with the songs, and so any changes that we made or any kind of like inspirational things that we wanted to pull up, you know, we had a lot more time to do so because we weren't familiarizing with everybody there with the songs that we already had known for that like over half a year. Nice. That's really cool that you guys, like you said, digitally you're able to do that type of stuff because back in the day you couldn't. So that must have saved a lot of just time and money and things like that so that you were prepared to just enter it and just start, you know, getting to work when you got there. Yes. Yeah, it was it was pretty excellent that we got to do that. I mean, it was our first dealings with that, too, so that was really cool. Cool. And why don't we do this? Let's Because uh, I definitely want to talk a lot more about just the recording, your experience, um, and the band and the upcoming shows and stuff. So let's talk a little bit about your hit single right now that you're promoting called Superposition, which is off of variables. And tell us a little bit about that track. 
Okay. Um, well, I'll start, uh, Lucas here. Uh, basically, just the the song itself was written um, kind of around the quantum theory of the you know the word superposition and its meaning uh, that kind of derives from a particle being able to exist in in two places in space at once. And we mm-hmm. kind of took that and put it uh, put a spin on it to where it's kind of like a human life. And the video itself, uh, if you watch it knowing that and, and have done some research on what a, what superposition is, you might notice that in the video you see shots interlaced where, you know, we're in like street clothes or like our regular clothes performing, and then it'll switch to us all in black. And it was kind of uh, to try and show that reflection of, the other side or that other uh, particle existing in the same space. And, you know, we're in the same room when we're performing. So it's kind of, it's subliminal. We didn't really want to be on the surface with the video and have, you know, some corny thing going on. We we wanted to do our own thing. And that's, you know, the meaning behind uh, the song itself. I think uh, Derek can probably tell you about the recording of the video, which was kind of, kind of epic as well. Cool. All right. Go yeah. for it, Derek. Uh, yeah, well, uh, basically, we didn't have anything planned. Uh, we just <laughs> showed up in this room, and then uh, and then it was probably about two or three hours. Uh, we were like, hey, let's go run to the store and get this. Let's go run and get this. And then we ended up, like, running around for, like, two or three hours, just sweating the whole time. And then finally we got back, and uh, I don't know, we just kind of did everything on the fly, and uh, we just started finding little props and things here and there just to kind of add to it, you know? Cool, cool. It I think it's definitely like, a really cool video. Go ahead. It ended up being like a 12-hour shoot, like pretty much. I mean, if you include the running around getting candles and things like that, it definitely turned into about 12 hours straight. We woke up really early and just started plugging away at it and – I mean, we haven't even, hadn't even at the time finished the track itself, like the actual recording of the track. That was a scratch track that we recorded the video to. So by the time the video was done, we were sick of the song already that day. <laughs> and we got out of there. We, we were like, you know, I really hope we, we like the song again. But, you know, the next day, once we started piling up the rest of the stuff on the actual recording, you know, it came out the way it did. And we're all extremely happy the way it sounds. Yeah, it's it's a great track. It's really good. And I mean, again, I mean, I love every song on the album. It's just I was working out to it before when I got home. I work in corrections, so as a forensic psychologist, so I'm like, I need to come home and listen to some really good, heavy emotional music. And yeah, your stuff is just it's great. It's really good. So let's do this. We'll um, I'm going to put you on hold, and we'll check out Superposition, and then we'll come back and talk some more about the band, and then we'll check out another track later on. All right, thank you. Okay. All right, guys, hold on. All right, everyone, again, you're listening to the hard rock band Cerosia, and we're going to check out the hit single right now, Superposition, off of their album, Variables. Be sure to download this album. It is available on iTunes and all major digital sites, and you can also check them out at cerosiaband.com. I feel
All right, everyone, welcome back. Again, Sarosia, awesome hit single, Superposition, off of their album, Variables Out Now. So pick up a copy of this amazing album that these guys have out right now, currently touring with Seven Dust. We're going to get into that in a moment. Just want to do a quick commercial break. Um, if you're a fan of comedy, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan, so uh, this is a new podcast. It's been out for actually probably a couple of years now. Davin's Den, really cool podcast with these three comedians. Fasting podcast featuring comedians Davin Rosenblatt, Joe Curry, and Pippi Olick. So if you're looking for a show that can make you think and laugh at the same time, then Davin's Den is the show for you. They go live Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. To watch live episodes here or watch old episodes or to find out more about the show, go to Davin's Den page at davincomedy.com. So please check them out. Really cool stuff those guys are doing, cutting-edge stuff. Also, talentspotlightmagazine.net, online magazine, so you should actually check them out. They do interviews with um, all different types of artists, filmmakers, and really nice, comprehensive, thorough interviews they do. So if anyone's interested in checking them out, you can uh, mention my name and, uh, again, talentspotlightmagazine.net. All right, let's bring them back on. All right, guys, awesome track, really cool. Can't get enough of that song. So uh, let's see, where can we go now? Because I changed up the interview a little bit by letting you guys kind of direct where we were going. Tell me a little bit about, and then, of course, we're going to get more into talking about variables and your upcoming tour with Seven Dust. Um, was music something all of you guys always wanted to do, or was it something, you know, you, you did you go to school? Did you guys do other stuff before you got involved in music, or was this just kind of the main thing you guys always wanted to focus on? Uh, well, this is Joseph, bass player. Um, you know, I've always been surrounded by music as well. I, my dad is a bass player. I always like to play guitar. Uh, I still do play a lot of guitar, but mm-hmm. you know, kind of. There's there's always an oversaturation of bass or uh, guitar players. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, what do you do? Oh, I play guitar. Oh, no thanks. So I finally decided to just go to bass and you know, kind of do that and follow my dad's footsteps and. I just I found a lot of success in it so far, so I'm just keep pushing. Cool, cool. So is that, and each of you can, can chime in with that because I always find that interesting. If, you know, some people had backup plans, some people said, nah, this is what I wanted to do and I'm going to make it work some way or another. So what were your other experiences like in the band with the other people? Um, I mean, this is Lucas. Uh, I mean, as far as, just getting the once you get into the whole band scene and you've gotten on stage and you've performed uh in front of one or five or a thousand people mm-hmm. you just get this if you're like me you get this itch where there's nothing that can satisfy it except for playing another show and you know I think the first time that I performed I was very young and it happened to be this little podunk bar in texas but uh it was with my brother anthony and it was just us two we played like 30 songs i think we did 20 covers with like metallica and pantera and acdc and stuff and some originals and our parents had to get us in because we were too young to get into the club and that whole thing (laughs) and and there was like i don't know 40 50 people there and to us that was this you know sold out arena so we played the thing and you know from there, it just it felt so good to see people, you know, dancing and getting into the tunes that 
you know, that did it for me. And, and I almost, even to this day, like right now, we're about to, you know, do our thing out here. And I still reflect on that as like, you know, I want that, I want that feeling. And that's, that's kind of what I chase. Cool. Very cool. And I know maybe you guys can comment just on, you know, your perspective with, you know, mentioning how the music industry is very different than it was maybe 10 to 12 years ago when, you know, labels had the bigger budgets and today it's, a lot of kind of do-it-yourself stuff and people, you know, picking up management teams but maybe not going the full throttle of getting a, a major label. So did you guys have any concerns about the industry and, and some of the differences that are around today compared to, like I said, 10 to 12 years ago? There's a lot of people in the industry now, even more now right now that we're out on tour that we're hearing from that kind of try and steer you away from going with a major label or, or whatnot mm-hmm. because of, the pitfalls of, you know, record sales and things like that. But, um, you know, we've always had the ultimate goal of getting signed to a major deal. And uh, the reasoning behind that is that you can independently really kick some butt nowadays uh, and get out there to a large audience, but you're never going to get right out of the gate the promotion that you need on a massive national and international scale without a major label behind you. So, you know, there's pros and cons to what you're hearing from other people in the industry. You just got to kind of stick with your gut and what's working for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a band that always, we kind of pride ourselves uh, by positivity and, and, and uh, using our intuition. And our intuition has brought us to the point where we still want the deal. We still want to be able to be on a national scale and, you know, whatever comes along with that, we're ready to face it. And, and you know, because bands are still doing that successfully, it's kind of hard to tell us that you can't do it, you know what I mean, or that sure. it's impossible. There's bands out there doing it just fine, and it's just a matter of getting there, and, you know, we're we're trying to take the right steps to get there right now. No, I think that's I think that's definitely a positive way, like you're saying, and a way to reframe it, that it's not just negative now, like you're saying, because a lot of people do it independently. I think if you're strategic, like you're saying, and you take the right path, and, you know, you make the right connections along the way, absolutely, it's definitely possible, so... No, that's great that you guys still want to pursue that direction. That's awesome. Yep. Very cool. How did you guys uh, come up with the name Cirrhosia? Because it, it does sound like a disease, but I've I've read a little bit that it's not. <laughs> so yeah. how did you guys come up with that name and give us a little bit of a background story on it? Um, Basically, after the band kind of started and everything, we wrote like three songs. Um the music was, I don't know, it was it was heavy, it was beautiful, and we just wanted to create a name to where, you know, the name just described our sound. And, uh, I mean, that's basically how it happened. I mean, came up with about ten different names, and uh, we just we just narrowed it down to where we were just, we just want to create a word that describes the band's sound. And that's, that's pretty much how, what well, happened with Well, that. definitely... Definitely creative on your behalf because it's not easy to come up, as I'm sure you guys know, with a an original name, especially something that's unique and, and kind of sets you guys apart. So very good job with yeah. that. Yeah, one of the main things was just when you look us up, the only thing that's going to reflect Sorosia is us and our sound. And that was a really major point that we wanted to be made, that, you know, the only thing that you can tie together with our name is what we do. So that's that's a huge thing for us. And 
you know, in the end, I guess the what the name itself is is less important than what it means. But you know, Sarosha just after all this time that we've had it, I I personally think it sounds kind of beautiful and does roll off the tongue really well, and you know, it looks nice on paper. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, um, tell us about I guess variables in terms of is it there a a concept in terms of the albums? Is it type of a concept album with the term variables or was that what was the kind of thinking behind that for the title uh it was we we tossed around some ideas but in the end variables is kind of what life is made out of and the songs themselves kind of are individual uh tracks there's it's it's like a concept album without a concept you know what i mean it's like Mm -hmm. yeah it's like we wanted to have different aspects of life tied together in a record and the different variables that kind of make it up. And, you know, the the fact that we chose the word variables is just, it's the perfect word to describe what the building blocks of, of everyday life is and just existing. It, it consists of variables and everything that you do consists of variables. So, we felt like this album for us kind of was an extremely emotional adventure recording and writing. And um, just in general, it felt like there were a lot of variables that went into the songs being created and, and made the way that they ended up being. So it just fit. It just, it was exactly what we, what we had envisioned. And uh, it definitely ties everything together uh, with the, I guess the theme inside of it. Cool. Very cool. And and speaking of when you guys are <clears throat> writing, excuse me, does someone do predominantly the music or is it more of a collaborative process where, you know, maybe Lucas comes up with a vocal melody or idea or someone comes up with a guitar riff? How do you guys, you know, put it together when you're working on a on a song? Well, typically uh, it'll start out with someone has an, like, a great idea, someone has a great riff, and we and we kind of take it from there. Um, on the new record, we did uh, Architect is on the new record, and that's kind of a song we took from we took from the chorus out. Basically, we had the chorus, we had the great melody line there, and we kind of just built the song around it. And that, that one came out really cool. But but typically, it's more of a everyone throws in their two cents, and we we argue it out until it's done, and until until we have a, a good song out of it. So. And everybody cool. plays. Everybody plays different instruments. So when we're writing, like, you know, we have basically four guitar players that all vie for a guitar riff in there and, you know, try and get their ideas in. And, you know, Joseph's really creative with guitar and giving that to Derek. And then Derek gets vocal ideas and drum ideas. So everybody has their hand in everybody's business, basically. And that helps us a lot, honestly, because, um, you know, it's something to be said when your bass player can create you know, this rad drum hook, and then the drummer's like, yeah, well, I think that you should play this on guitar or whatever, (laughs) and, uh, you know, it makes for a different kind of song rather than just, you know, you reach into the same generic pool of writing that, okay, well, this worked for us, so let's just keep hammering on that because, you know, we we like to be original and, and organic, and whatever happens in the room is kind of what happens that day, and we love writing music. We write music all the time. You know, any practice pretty much every practice, there's something new to brought to the table. So we have to constantly be changing up the way that we write. And that, you know, like kind of goes full circle with it because we just, we do so many different methods. We have to switch it up. It can't just be the same thing over and over. 
that's cool. And I think, you know, I think, again, unfortunately my psychology stuff comes into play, but I think I think it says a lot of positive things about you guys as a group, the fact that you're able to say, you know, whether it's the bass player writing a guitar riff or the drummer, you know, picking up to do something vocally, that you guys are able to appreciate what each other does without getting very, you know, narcissistic and territorial and that's my instrument and you guys can't, you know what I mean? So I think as a band, that just says a lot about you guys, you know, collaborating and being able to work together as a team, which is just awesome. Yeah, I mean, not to say that that doesn't happen, you know. (laughs) know. No, I'm not saying that it doesn't, but it's cool that that was something... Whoever just, I, and I'm sorry, I'm getting the, you know, Lucas is, I can hear your voice a lot and everyone else, I'm still getting kind of used to it. But whoever said that, I think the fact that you brought that to the forefront is kind of the initial thing to talk about was just, I think it says a lot about you guys in a, in a really good way. Most definitely. Yeah, it's fun. We always respect each other's decisions. At the end of the day, you know, we all we want is to have good music. So nobody's trying to just mess with your idea. You just want it to be the best it can be, so... No, mm-hmm. you know, no harm, no foul. And so, how do you I know that you were going to say, you know, it's not that it doesn't happen where we don't disagree, or you know, maybe differences come up. So, how do you guys resolve that if you do, you know, come to a roadblock where maybe you aren't agreeing on something? What usually transpires? How do you guys work on that? Uh, well, you know, I mean, we try and just vote on it, and you know, we are kind of we're split down the middle, four, four, you know, four, so it'll be two and two sometimes, but. I don't know, we just kind of play on it both ways. Usually somebody will give, you know, and, you know, either that or the song will just start to slide away and we don't play it anymore. <laughs> yeah, if, it's, if it's, like, it's like a back burner song, we have a lot of those where it's just like, oh, forgot about that riff. We've had that for a while, and it's one that was like a split vote that nobody wanted to budge on. It's like, okay, that one just that one takes a backseat until somebody else brings it up a year later and says, oh, wasn't that riff cool? And, you know, then we take a different direction on it at that point. All right. Cool. Very cool. Well, you brought up, because I definitely want to get a second song, and then we're going to come back and talk about the tour and everything else going on. You brought up The Architect, and that was definitely personally one of my favorites. So that was the second track that I wanted to feature tonight for you guys. So tell us a little bit about uh, the meaning behind that track, and then we'll check it out. The Architect is one of those songs that was so, um, I don't know the best word to say. It was, it came from the ether, and it was something that we discussed as a band going into practice one night. We were just in a really positive mood, and we had a goal in mind to write a song, and we wanted to do it in a different way than we ever had. And that was with everyone sitting around without their instruments and, you know, talking about what we wanted the song to be about. Most certainly everybody agreed that we wanted it to be about creating the world around you and creating your own existence and being the architect of your life. And almost immediately the architect was the title. I mean, that was nice. from the get-go. We knew it was going to be something along those lines. And uh, we started writing the chorus, like Anthony had said, and, uh, you know, all of us pitched in on what we wanted to be said. Um, and even the, the idea for the music, we verbalized how it was going to go and the structure itself. It was all something that was kind of in our heads and just from from our heads, we, like, downloaded it to paper, and then from there then picked up our instruments and worked it out. And to this day, that's one of those songs that it's it's crazy looking back on how that one came about and, and where it went because that's the song is an extremely emotional journey that you take when you listen to it. 
Definitely. Yeah, no, it's just, it is, it's a beautiful track. It's really good stuff. So uh, let's do that. I'll put you, back, you guys back on hold, and we'll check that out, and then we'll come back and talk about the tour and think about anything else that you guys want to, you know, share and fill in with the audience, okay? Great. All right, hold on. All right, everyone, we're going to check out the second track tonight, but you got to pick up the whole album to hear all the amazing tracks on it. This is The Architect. It is by Sarosia, and check out their album, Variables. We'll be back in a moment.
All right, everyone, again, The Architect by Serosia, and please check these guys out. Pick up their album, Variables, which is out today, and check out their upcoming tour. Go to SerosiaBand.com to see their upcoming dates with Seven Dust and Ten Years. All right, let's bring them back on. All right, guys, awesome, awesome track. Thank you so much. Very cool. Now, just a quick question, because, again, you guys are just so tight as a band, and, I mean, just amazing musicianship. Are you guys uh, trained in terms of taking lessons? Is this something that comes naturally to you, and, and especially Lucas with your vocals? Just, I mean, amazing stuff. So maybe give us each a piece of information from each of you about in terms of uh, your background with that. Uh, yeah, uh, this is Joseph. I, you know, I started out just kind of on my own. My dad got me a guitar. Uh, got me drums, so I was just banging around for a long time. Uh, I went, I did uh, some uh, college. For, I went to music, you know, college for a little while. I learned mm-hmm. everything I needed, to learn and then just got out of there. Didn't wait to get my diploma, <laughs> whatever. But I just started using it. I just wanted. I was so eager to use it, you know, to you know get the stuff that I needed to know and get out there and use it. So I've got some of that. You know, I like to mess around mm-hmm. with music theory and all that, but. I try to keep it simple as, you know, not try and muck it up too much. Nice. Yeah, uh, Anthony here. Uh, I had a couple of, I took two drum lessons when I was younger. <laughs> okay. And uh, the guy taught me how to play double bass and I think uh, smoke on the water or something. And uh, that was it. That's all my Wow. Well, phenomenal. I mean, all you guys are just, you know, really, really proficient and uh, well-versed, so great stuff. What about you, Lucas, with the vocals? Did you ever take any lessons? Because, I mean, just the range that you have and from the screaming and the growling to the, you know, just beautiful singing. No, no no lessons. Uh, I actually started wow. as a guitar player, and I never really planned on singing. It was kind of just one of those things I had a uh, four-track Tascam recorder that me and Anthony would throw down like little demos of our really honestly looking back horrible music, <laughs> and and uh, we just needed a singer and couldn't find anybody, and we had kind of just moved to Texas, so we didn't know anybody either. So for the time being, I kind of just held that spot by putting like these terrible. If I could find them, I'd love to put them online. They're just terrible singing, you know, parts in this. I couldn't call it vocals; it's just singing sections. And uh, it was still fun to me at the time. I just had a blast doing it and listening back. A lot of times you don't realize until later how bad you actually were. And then listening back years, it's like, oh, man. I remember at the time I thought I was like, I don't know, as good as Johnny was on the piano. (laughs) Right. But, uh, But no, no training. It just a lot of influences came into play. I think, I think with me, the fact that screaming from Chino Marino, uh, I really I got into the death tones really heavy and the screaming thing was really intense to me and uh, I liked that but I never was a huge fan of just screaming you know straight up it it more was like for singing and I think when I started listening to Incubus that changed my opinion on melody and how to mm-hmm. be in a rock band and be able to sing uh, and growl and do the whole thing together and and you know marry the two in a way that it actually has class and it's not just I can scream better than you (laughs) nice nice anyone else want to chime in 
they actually uh, showtime happened, and they had to go out there and and get gear loaded in. So you got oh, me for okay. the rest of the. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, great. So I don't want to keep you too long, but um, yeah, we'll we'll tie things oh, up in good. a few minutes. Um, all right, so why don't you guys talk a little bit about just this upcoming tour with Seven Dust? I mean, that's just amazing. Tell us a little bit about how that happened and how you guys were able to, you know, land a tour on the bill with them. Yeah, I mean, we are extremely stoked, for one, to be a part of this. Seven Dust growing up was one of those bands that all of us just, you know, we were into Seven Dust big time. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I remember listening to the record Home uh, when I was really young and just being like, man, you know, these guys just, they get it. So, yeah, right off the bat, being a part of it is just, we're so we're so thankful and, and uh, grateful that we're a part of it. Um, a lot of it came about because of Christian Machado. Uh, once we recorded the record and, uh, you know, he got to see where we were at on that. And, and, you know, it wasn't our first meeting when we went to record the record. We had done pretty much every El Nino show that when they come into Dallas and, uh, he knows our work ethic. He knows that we're a band that works hard and that our stage show is, you know, we try and make it immaculate and uh, a band on the rise, basically. So it was one of those things where Christian's influence as an international star in the in the rock and metal scene had a big impact on, you know, talking to the Seven Dust guys. And uh, I know Clint Lowry from Seven Dust mm-hmm. had actually produced some, some songs on Il Nino record. So they had that connection there, and Christian kind of put his hands in uh, and started putting our name out there, you know, four months ago or so. And uh, Joseph, our bass player, actually was in a band previously that had done some small runs with Seven Dust as well. So every time the name came up, it just it, it became synonymous with the band that we wanted to go touring with. So as soon as the opportunity finally presented itself. We got a, a text from Christian one day. I was actually at Six Flags with my, with my girlfriend, and I got it getting on a teacup ride with her and her daughter. <laughs> and uh, I just started, like, I was almost in tears. I was so happy, you know. And it was just, it was it was excellent. It was such a good feeling to know that we were going to be able to go out in a big way. And, you know, so far we're, today is day four, uh, or show four, and uh, the first three shows were really intense. Billings, Montana, in particular, was completely insane. People out there wow. hungry for rock music, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, congratulations. You guys definitely, you know, you guys are definitely the hallmark of, uh, you know, motivated musicians that are persevering and just, you know, want to do the best to make it happen. You guys are professionals. And, yeah, it's just, it's a pleasure to see stuff happen for guys like you. Really cool. Thank you so much for that. That's really that's refreshing cool. to hear. <laughs> no, definitely. I'm just I'm reflecting without giving names because I joked around the beginning of my show that you know I like people to share entertaining stories, but you know not kind of you know slamming people. But I'll never forget I had a band on and I was a little like kind of nervous to be honest when you guys were all coming on because I was like oh gosh because this one band I had on there was like two guys that were just total knuckleheads and they wouldn't even answer a question. Because they were just being right. so, like, douchey about, oh, we like to masturbate. And we like, and I'm like, are you kidding? And they were actually a really good band, so I was even more disappointed because I was like, why would you want to present yourselves like that? Like, you're an actually really good band. But the interview you was know. just, I mean, it was crazy. So you guys did great. I mean, I love the interview with you guys. You're always welcome back on my show. Um, and, yeah, wishing you guys a lot of success. So what do you guys like Thanks. to do? I know you don't have much free time. But uh, what do you guys like to do in your free time? 
Uh, I mean, any interesting when hobbies? We're on, <laughs> uh, when we're not on tour, you're saying? Yeah, or if you're, I mean, sometimes people, one of the bands, I forget, I think it was Three Pill Morning, they said that they, you know, like to go outside their bus and they, I don't know, they play baseball or wiffle ball or something. I'm just, you know, making stuff up. But, okay. yeah, I mean, if there's anything uh, interesting you guys like to do that, you know, people would want to know about you guys. I mean, as a band, we definitely enjoy Hacky Sack quite a bit, and we're kind of bringing it back. Cool. But, uh, yeah, we, we're we all pretty athletic, so sports, any kind of sports, we keep like a Frisbee, a Hacky Sack, and like a football in the van at all times so that, you know, if we find some open field and we have some time in between shows, we kind of throw the football around or, or play Frisbee or whatnot. But, um, you know, for the most part, I think I am the only one that really gets down on reading. Um, everybody okay. else kind of, everyone else kind of just gets in their own zone with their phone and listening to music and uh, everyone has a different taste. So <laughs> everyone has earbuds while we're driving around and jamming something completely different. So, yeah, it's really just music across the board. I can't really think of anything besides the hacky sack and stuff that we do. Nice. We just love music so much. And, and, kind and what of do you, when you say art. reading, what do you what do you like to read? Uh, I like to read nonfiction. Uh, really, anything nonfiction is really good. I've always been a closet conspiracy nut kind of person. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, not not in a way where I I think the world is going to end, but right. um, no, I I like I like getting into that world a little bit, and and the tinfoil hat people are actually kind of cool when you get to know them. <laughs> <laughs> cool, very cool. Yeah, yeah that's that's a, definitely an interesting piece of uh data to learn about you. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. So, what else is in store for you guys? I know you know you're predominantly focused on the Seven Dust Tour right now, which, of course, you should be. But uh, what's going to happen later in 2013? Any plans for the new year in 2014 with uh, what is going to be up to? Yeah, we actually – I got off the phone with Christian earlier today, and uh, we're looking at, you know, November, December uh, – November, December tour. Uh, nothing is in stone yet. No band confirmed, but we have some in the works. So hopefully cool. we'll be back home couple weeks go back out and then 2014 we're going to really make our push to the labels and hopefully you know attract one so we can get out on that massive scale that we discussed earlier and and Mm -hmm. start you know being just as a massive career and you know accomplish our childhood dreams (laughs) very good that's that's awesome i mean guys are doing a great job and um yeah i just want to wish you guys like i said much continued success and you're always welcome back on the show when you got some new music coming out so definitely keep in touch with me yes absolutely we will cool well, i don't want to keep you too long because i know that you guys uh, have another show tonight so i want to give you some time to just kind of deconnect and relax and get ready for it all righty all right thank so, you very much yep. Thanks so much, Lucas, and, and all of you guys for coming on. And, again, I wish you guys uh, much success with everything to come. Thank you so much. We look forward to talking to you in the future and possibly meeting you. Okay. Sounds great. Yeah, if you're coming down to the New Jersey kind of tri-state area, definitely be in touch. And, and please promote the podcast because the podcast will be available after the interview, too, for anyone who might not have been able to tune into the live show. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. 
All right, guys. Alrighty. Thank you so much for coming on, and I look forward to seeing what's in store for you guys in the future. All righty. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Have a great night. Bye. You too. All right, everyone. Again, Sorosia, please check them out right now on tour with Seven Dust and also some shows with uh, 10 years. You can go to SoroshiaBand.com and check out the album Variables. As we know, we featured Superposition tonight and The Architect, and there's numerous other amazing songs on the album. So please check these guys out, support them, and uh, please share the podcast so everyone can uh, learn more about this band. They did a great job with the interview, and you can really learn about who they are. So let's see. Who do we have next week coming up? Next week we have the hard rock band Will Powerless coming on. They're going to be coming on uh, next Monday, which will be the 30th. And uh, after that, we have just tons of shows coming up for November. I have uh, Richard Sergiovanni, who is the creator of The Grimps, which is a children's animated rock and roll series. So tune in for that. Again, go to the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. All the dates are there for the upcoming interviews. Don Jameson from uh, VH1's That Metal Show, he's going to be coming on later in November. And also we have the alternative metal band Raw. They just released a new album. Actually, it's coming out, I think, tomorrow. They're going to be coming on the first week of November. So all my shows right now, Monday night, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time to tune in. Podcast is always available. So please become a fan of The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, at Carrie Edelman. And if you follow me, I'll follow you. And lastly, I have a couple of personal pages up on Facebook, too, so Feel free to befriend me. I'd love to keep in touch with everyone. So thank you so much for the continued support and uh, supporting all these amazing artists that I've had the uh, honor and pleasure of interviewing. And we will be back next week on the 30th at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time with the hard rock band Real Powerless. Have a great night.